0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, we're back again with Rob, my friend, and we are joined by Simon Bamford, who is, uh, well he's got an amazing tenure in the horror community, he was in Hellraiser, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Nightbreed, uh, Book of Blood, uh, and what's the the documentary you like Rob? You're so you're so cool Brewster. Yeah, yeah, I'm anything but cool. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you there. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start off with, um, obviously, Hellraiser. I don't know why that's obvious, but we'll start off with the first few times. He played Butterball, who we can see here, who's uh, uh, he's very slimy is the word I've used. He looks
1: like he's moist when you like t- to touch. Moist. Such a fantastic word, moist. Moist. <laughs> it's very difficult to say the word moist. Without without having... laughing, especially. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, kind of the sexual connotations of being moist is um, actually before each take, Butterball was doused down in this goo to make him look like he was sweating heavily. I think Clive wanted the idea that he was sweating because he was overweight. He sweated a lot. Um, So, um, although I'm overweight and I don't sweat a lot, so it's just complete cliche, really. I don't think I do anyway. No, it's not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) So these days in Hollywood, they have this special gunk which they put on. It's all kind of proper stuff and it makes you look gooey. And, for example, um, Alien, you know, has it dripping from his chin and stuff. Yeah. It's just like goo. But back in 1986, when we made Hellraiser, they didn't have any of the stuff. So they, spent, they sent the, um, the um, runner, who was, I think, 17, out to the local chemist. To buy every tube of KY jelly that they had on the on the on the <laughs> in the store, and uh, being kind of 16, 17, he had no idea what KY jelly was for. N- normally, and, uh, <laughs> he came back in the, bright red. The um, must
2: have thought
1: he was in for a good night. <laughs> the wild one, yeah. And yeah. Such. <laughs> So yeah, and then they before each take, they would douse my head with his stuff. So um, I always thought it would be a good head fuck. Uh, (laughs) I could just slide my head in easily, if need be.
0: (laughs) Yeah, You know what, I always thought he he looked sweaty, but I didn't know that was the process you went through, just like a load of KY jelly, which, which, I mean, like you said, the runner must have been very embarrassed, but, I mean, like you said, (laughs) easy entry is the way they're looking
2: for. Um, Well, it's quite typical in a way, because on the last podcast we had with your co-star, Nicholas Vince, we touched upon... About Hellraiser having like <laughs> very very er- a lot of eros- erotic, you know, a very erotic film. People obviously know it as a horror film, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of vibes and <laughs> BDSM and things like that, you know. And so the KY jelly tops it off, really.
1: It does. And interestingly, you should say about the eroticism when my niece um, got to an age where her mum decided she could finally see Uncle Simon in his Hellraiser films. The only bit she fast forwarded through were the erotic bits, uh, the the sex bits, basically. Um, She didn't mind the horror and everything else and the the gore, but um, she wasn't quite ready for the sex bits, which I think is an interesting way of deciding what is allowable, what is and what is not. But yeah, I've always saw it as a a love story, uh, first and foremost, and that's the themes he kind of wrote about a lot. Well, I I worked with him in fringe theatre before before he became successful, um, along with with Doug Bradley and um, Oliver Parker, who was the removals man in Harry's one and two and was um, also in Nightbreed um, Narcissus? 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 What was that? Maybe he, Doug's, uh, Nick's Sidekick. Uh, anyway, um, so they were all in Fringe Theatre together and, and most, a uh, lot of the themes that Clive wrote about, because he used to write plays then, were about um, horror and dark issues, but always love was kind of at the first and foremost. People don't think of Clive as being a, a writer of love stories, but but a lot of his stuff is based on the human heart, even if the human heart happens to be outside of somebody's body beating in his hands. Well, the book title of Hellraiser is The Hellbound Heart,
0: isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So um, we've been, uh, well, I've read this many times before, like, but uh, Butterball originally had lines, didn't he, in Hellraiser?
1: He did, yeah. Do remember right. what la- the lines were by any chance? Yes, they etched on my memory. So his first was perhaps we prefer you, and his next line was impossible. Um, uh, I can't remember what the others were, but um, because and it was all fine. All was we going fine, but I had these disgusting, gross false teeth that were all kind of rotting, which were um, dentures, which were glued on top of my own teeth. And when I got them in, I couldn't actually put my mouth together. So I couldn't put my lips together. And if you can't put your lips together, you can't say PLOSIX, which are P's and B's. Um, so impossible became impossible. And, uh, and obviously, that's not very Cenobite. It's more it's comedy. Right? It's quite interesting,
2: though, because those lines were
1: used by the... Um, yes. Perhaps we prefer you. They were
2: used, weren't they, in the
1: film? Yeah. Yeah, so there was a lot of discussion, huddles in corners. At that point, it was still a very low-budget movie. I think the budget to start with was 700000 for the whole of the first Hellraiser. So um, they were wondering about um, doing filming it anyway and then going into ADR afterwards and overdubbing it. But they said they weren't expecting to go into ADR because they didn't think they could really afford it. So there were huddles in corners, and eventually they decided that they'd just take all my lines away and get them to the female Cenobite. So, yeah, I was I was gutted, literally, physically gutted. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, talking about obviously um, being good, but when we
0: spoke to Nick last time, he obviously in Hellbound Horizon 2. Uh, you guys die, don't you? And obviously, they didn't use you guys as the actors.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether we actually die, I don't know. I mean, does a Cenobite ever die? Oh, I don't. Punish back to hell then. Punch back to hell, sorry, not punished. Maybe. My character actually, you don't. He has a house fall on top of him, um, but you don't really see him go. So I, th- I, th- I think more they've been pushed back to hell, maybe with kind of black marks against them. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> when, when obviously when you turn back into humans, it's not they weren't were played by you, were they? I, I mean, I was twenty five when we made Heroes, and I was skinny as fuck. And there <laughs> is. They wanted somebody... This is this is a kind of X-rated interview, I take it. I don't have to mind my P's and you. You can always beep it anyway. Um, oh no, go don't for it. don't worry. Um, I was very, very skinny. And the reason they wanted a skinny actor to play a large man was, um, I had this great big gouging wound in my stomach. So this the stomach, kind of the body was um, like a fiberglass section with a very deep wound in it, which they'd filled with blood and more KY jelly before each take. And the idea was that I would be able to, they, they filmed it, Clive's original idea was that I would have my whole hand inside my stomach and, and be playing around, perhaps pulling the, bit, the odd bit of kind of innard out. Um, really gross, but um, it, it got cut by the censors. Clive, enough, Clive, he's such, a, he's such an intelligent man. He deliberately filmed and put in sequences in the first cut of Hellraiser that the census saw that he knew were crossing a line and would go too far, knowing that they would cut a certain amount of stuff, but hopefully leave the other stuff that he really wanted to have in. And it worked to treat. Everything he knew they would take out, they did. Everything that was still pushing boundaries, they left. So he was just, he and, and sadly my playing with my innards and pulling my intestines out were, were one of the things that got good. <laughs> but I needed, obviously, to have, to, to have that deep wound, I needed somebody skinny inside. So when he reverted back to the character um, in Harry's Two, no, I was Harry's one when I had the house fall on top of me, um, yeah, they, they got a large actor to, uh, to stand in to be the character I reverted. Skinny, gorgeous, handsome young man, was actually Butterball before he was Butterball, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you can laugh, that was a joke. Um, um, <laughs> Nick, um, Nick was a bit, well, well not, not what's the word, he wasn't like Nick, but he was
0: very gutted that he didn't get to be yeah. the, the like the human form. Were you, were you also a bit like, oh, I wish I could have been the human version you
1: know? or? Oh, no, I, I always thought, I mean, Nick's was an odd one because he turned into a little boy. Yeah. None of us were coming. I don't remember that being in the script. But um, mine, I always thought, you know, it's a bit of a leap of faith for the audience to think that a, a young man who's quite skinny was actually this big guy. So I always thought they probably would. I I'm, I'm apologize. Now we're live. I will apologize if I'm talking too much. I did explain to you guys earlier, but I haven't had any caffeine for a month. And today I had loads of caffeine. So I'm actually talking 10 to the dozen. I can hear myself. I can't no, it's fine. It's great for content. We're in for content. Can we, hear. Go in.
0: we
2: can hear every word. It's good
1: for the non-caffeine watchers. I'm also on this, which is uh, alcohol-free beer. It's uh, what has become of me. What has become? <laughs> Does it actually of me? taste good? It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I've got people not unfollowing me on social media now because they're so disappointed.
2: <laughs> but the ball wouldn't go dry
1: to January, would he? <laughs>
2: KY jelly. Get
1: in those
0: pumps. that's what he'd do. That's v- why he never died probably in the,
2: the first film. The house probably slid off him. <laughs> <laughs> Knocked him into a pub. <laughs> and yeah. In pub.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he, January, he turns vegan and does a lot of good deeds. Um. <laughs> are, you are you vegan, are you? No, no, I'm not.
2: No. <laughs> not. <laughs> but this is but- <laughs> a very... Uh, <laughs> Different kind of podcast
0: now. I <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Right, we'll get back on track. Nightbreed, let's talk Great. about Nightbreed. Okay. Yeah? Um, yeah, what was that like? Obviously, it was like that, that was a, another one of Clyde. I know it's meant to be Alfred Clyde Barker in general to like release and everything. Uh, you played uh, Onaka, is that how it's pronoun, pronoun, pronounced? Sorry. You make it sound like Nackers, right? You're yeah, knackered. yeah, sorry. Every yeah. well, time I said that, I was like, comes to knackers, <laughs> I'm not sure. Obviously, you like <laughs> being in the sun, don't you? That's better. Knackers, yeah, I'm
1: just calling you knackers from now on. <laughs> the class pronunciation is Onaka. Oh, okay,
0: okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, sadly, I'm from a small Welsh seaside town, so my pronunciation
1: and stuff is not great. <laughs> <laughs> I've got somebody, I've got a surprise for you behind me, but she's falling down, so I'm just going to stand her up. Okay. I've hidden her. Little. Oh, what, what, what is it? Oh. Do <laughs> you know what? For a second, I thought I was like, was it
0: watching Psycho? <laughs> Are yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you, you were in a wine cellar or a basement at <laughs> this moment in time? Um I don't remember where we were, where, 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 where? Nightbreed, <laughs> Nightbreed. Nightbreed. Nightbreed, that was it. Um yeah. so not, please, dad, hey. yeah, yeah. throw me off. Um,
1: <laughs> Nightbreed, yeah. What was, <laughs> what was that? Like? <laughs> what was that like? What was that like for you? An absolute joy for me personally, because I didn't have like night, Nick. I had I I couldn't see anything. I couldn't breathe through my nose because my nostrils were sealed up. I couldn't hear through my ears because there were no ear holes in the makeup. I could just hear through it, but it was like two inches thick. And then I couldn't. Oh, Mrs Wiltshire, will you? uh, (laughs) I keep on giggling because every single time you're speaking, the head's coming. It's a (laughs) shot. I'm just gonna. I'll bring her down here. You can see her later. Down. Stay down there. Down. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right um, no, God, yes. he's he's right, right. Just laughing when he's talking. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, yes. Yeah, so for me, um and also we were like, I live like two hours from Pinewood. So you, you you'd be getting up at like two two in the morning, to be at the studio for like four or five o'clock to go into makeup. I mean, I, Nick told you and, and and my makeup they didn't take that long actually, but. Because the others did, and they they always want you to be ready for like seven eight o'clock just in case you're first filmed. We never were. Sometimes we weren't the whole day in the makeup without being filmed on on Hellraiser. But so Nightbreed for me was a, was a joy. I could I could roll up. Oh, also we wouldn't. I don't know if Nick told you this, but they wouldn't allow us on Hellraiser to eat food, <laughs> especially fried food like breakfasts. So we'd be in four five in the morning. We'd be roll up into the makeup, and then we'd sit there while they put it all on us and then everybody else would be turning up about half seven eight o'clock and you could smell this lovely fried breakfast being cooked and the egg butties going around and the bacon, really lovely. Um, but they said, we said, oh breakfast, time for breakfast on the first day. No, they said, because it was kind of earliest days of prosthetics, they said, um, we're not sure, we think maybe the oil will come out of your skin and melt the glue which is holding everything to your, to your, to you. So, um, you can't, you can't have it. So we got orange juice through a straw while everybody else was getting breakfast who'd only just arrived. So anyway, back to Nightbreed. Sorry, I digress. Um, so yeah, for me, I could roll up at 7 o'clock, look at all the poor fuckers who've been sitting in makeup for hours and hours and hours. Um, eat my fried breakfast in front of them, uh, including Nick, by the way, who was in makeup forever. Um, I had some tattoos which had been painted on my arms and stuff. Which were hand painted with wax crayons and then they had this they don't do it this way anymore but they had this special stuff that they put on the top and actually seals it to your skin it's like a second skin on top so but each one of those had to be hand painted so that took a little bit of time but not that long and then the only prosthetics i had apart from the, the big dying scene spoiler was um i had prosthetic nipples oh but one scene where I got beaten up by a load of cops and they pull, I had a medal pinned through my n- nipple and one of them grabs the medal and pulls it off mm-hmm. and my nipple starts to bleed and everything. So I, in every day I had to have these prosthetic nipples because I actually have inverted nipples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is my favourite podcast ever. So you're just very funny, Simon. Oh, sorry, sorry, you I, think, you laugh, I think it's though, the but... most we laugh in the podcast. Yeah. We're
2: usually quite nervous during a podcast. Oh. This one, I don't mean wrong, all the previous podcasts yeah. have been wonderful,
0: but I've never heard us laugh so much. Yeah, you were very funny. All you spoke about was K.Y. jelly and Nipples, and about it. Yeah. i about it.
1: <laughs> there was nobody to stick the nipples on, because the great thing about Nightbreed, it was they had more different monsters than any other film that had ever been made, and they had, they were in the Guinness Book of Record. I don't know if that's still the case, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're still. So there were no artists available, so... I actually became an expert at finding my prosthetic nipple casts and sticking them on myself. Put that on the CV, that's that's a good one for the CV. If anyone out there ever wants to have prosthetic nipples applied, I I do know what I'm doing. (laughs)
2: the nipple guy. Basically, (laughs) we'll we'll put this on like a link to some sort of like nipple sort of website we're gonna make for you.
1: (laughs) Put
0: it in the bio and the video. Yeah. 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 I'm a
1: nipple expert. Could be my new niche. I've been looking for a (laughs) niche (laughs) job. That and a collection of heads, yeah, yeah, which kind of brings me neatly. No, no, should I carry on with <laughs> night Breeze? No, 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 I mean, no, I'm really interested in
0: the head now. Yeah, we've got we, uh, the hype is there now for the head.
2: I think people are gonna know, want to know.
1: Okay, so, so this is the head, so this is a prosthetic. Um, that I was given I played this 90 year old 85 year old lady in um, a film called Mrs. Wiltshire which was part of a series on Amazon Prime called Dark Ditties Presents yeah. and um, when I'd done the, the, the very last day of filming they actually gave me the prosthetic so and this is her she's absolutely mm. amazing it's very cool. look like this, Reese. Oh, Rob, yeah she yeah. did it at 95! <laughs> <laughs>
2: At first, I generally thought it was the mum in the in the Nutty Professor.
1: <laughs> I couldn't hear what you said.
2: At first, I thought it was the mother from the Nutty Professor, the glasses it is, and the big hair. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> big hair. Well, her hair is quite big too. But no, um, have
0: <laughs> the dark ditty. In. Did you say how you say it? Sorry. Yes, dark ditties with a D. That's really? it, yes. <laughs> it, 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 um, obviously, you're you're an executive producer, aren't you on that? Oh, Yes, whatever that
1: means. Yes, I am. I'm gonna put it um, down. I
0: keep I keep going to watch it. Honestly, I know it's on Amazon and it's on my watch list, but it, it looks very cool that you've got him um, Barbie Wilds in a, an episode. Am I right with that? And so's um, Nick. And um, that head is just freaking me out that I'm having the best time. <laughs> it's
1: just that way. So, oh uh, yeah, but. <laughs> So, Barbie is in episode one and episode five. Yeah. I was, I was trying to do something rude with her then. us get down. you get down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
2: Oh. <laughs> so in
0: a minute, her head all has come up just a hair. <laughs> this is my favorite oh, thing.
1: Yeah. Ever. <laughs> episode one of that. Also, Nick Vince was in episode one as well. Yeah. One was called The Offer, and it was uh, seven strangers I think invited to a country house. It was like Agatha Christie meets Saw. Ooh. Seven strangers invited to this mysterious country house with the promise of being rich beyond their wildest dreams, and what happens to them? So very Agatha Christie in its setup, but very Saw in the, in the gore and the uh, and the stuff. And uh, Barbie was a Canadian daughter of a multi. Billionaire, and Nick was um, a camp, um, ex-West End uh, star, and I was an investment banker, so that was fun. And then Barbie was also in episode five, which has just come out actually on on Amazon Prime, called Dad. And in that, she plays a TV host who uh, is interviewing um, a couple of religious types um, when the whole of the world goes to pot just before. Um, the zombie um, apocalypse happens. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, they're all very good. Duck Ditties. Yes, obviously I would say that because I'm executive <laughs> producer. So, but definitely worth. Uh, they were free. I think they're now ninety nine p each or three forty nine for the whole series. There's five episodes so far. I have got the script for episode six here, which is the series finale, which is just there. Very cool so uh and that's yes that's fun too in, in fact um uh, yeah it's okay spoiler not really spoiler but mrs Mrs. Mrs. wiltshire who this is comes back in episode six but as a younger woman which is going to be interesting so uh yeah well, for, for three pound 49 for
2: an entire series you can't that, that, you
1: can't go wrong how long how long are each episode so they started off as kind of shorts. So I think the first one was probably about 50 minutes, uh, but now they're right up to full length. So I think the last one was like an hour and 20. It was like a
2: full, like a film, wasn't it really? Yeah, yeah they,
1: they've actually been getting longer. Um, we're hoping that they've got to deal with the people who make, um, perhaps I shouldn't say that. Oh, what the hell. They've got, <laughs> they've got, um, if, hmm, I'll be, <laughs> If they can find the platform who will take them on, i.e. BBC, Shudder, a platform that will take them on, they have a very prestigious one known company who has offered them the money to reshoot them all um, with a proper budget, because most of them have been done on a very low budget. But what we have managed to do, which is incredible, really, um, is bringing some wonderful actors. So we've got uh, Ken Cranham, who's um, Chenard in Hellraiser Two, uh, and Ken's done frigging tons of work. He's really, really one of one of uh, one of UK's lovies, um, most favorite, Wonderful, wonderful actor. We've also got a couple of Game of Thrones actors. We've got um, Gary, uh, oh, Gary Gary Smart is the producer. That's not what I meant. Ian Gelder who played one of the Lannisters um, in Game of Thrones. And um, we've also got um, uh, Mark Wingett from The Bill and uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. So we've, we've managed to get some really good, good actors. And I think what attracts them and is in each episode, we get to play these wildly different characters. So Mrs Wiltshire is episode two. is called Mrs Wiltshire. And uh, it's about this old lady who's, who's trapped in a house by the spirit of her abusive husband, who's played, I was married in episode two to, so, um, um, uh, um, who plays? Les Battersby, Bruce Jones. Oh, he lives around there. He lives locally to us. Oh, okay. yeah. um, uh, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce and I have been in all five episodes and he's also in number six. So yeah, Bruce was like a used car salesman in episode one. He was my husband in episode two. But, uh, sounds, sounds like a Les
2: Battersby story, that
0: does. Yeah, sounds <laughs>
1: a bit in will uh. <laughs> be my arm off. Episode four, he was a, a, a gay TV evangelist, no TV ghost hunter. <laughs> and episode five, um, him, myself, and another a- actor were were stranded in this um, zombie apocalypse, and we, we kind of got together and we we're trying to survive. So. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce, I've done lots with Bruce. No, it's great because, yeah. like I say,
0: he is a very much a local celebrity around yeah, yeah. here. We see well, him many they- times we're walking past. Yeah, yeah, I see quite a lot. Uh, um, <laughs> do you want to talk about Brewster? Yes. That's your
2: thing? Yeah. Um, so obviously, in the documentary, when Fright Night was released on, on Blu-ray, they obviously yeah. uh, coincided with a documentary called um, Your So-Called Brewster.
1: Yeah, And you the, right.
2: the new Simon got the actual, the real pleasure of taking on a role in this documentary, but in a different light, because this doesn't really happen, to my knowledge, in documentaries, you know, you sort of like sort of brought back Peter Vinson, who is played by the late Ronnie McDowell. You brought him back to life, really. Sort yeah. of create this like sort of mock trailer, wasn't it, kind of thing?
1: Yeah. So um the way that came about, um, that uh, Gary Smart, again, who made the Dark ditties series, they'd interviewed us all from Hellraiser because they created before um you're So Cool Brewster, Brewster. their previous um, documentary was Leviathan, which was yeah. a seven-hour about the making of Hellraiser or the Hellraiser franchise. And um, how did it come about? So when they'd finished doing that, they knew that the next one was going to be um, Your So Cool Brewster, <coughs> and they wanted somebody, they, they'd managed to get um, Roddy McDowell's life cast, because sadly Roddy is no longer with us. Um, and they, but they wanted to have somebody playing Roddy McDowell, playing Peter Vincent, um, narrating the segments in between. And they thought, who do we know who looks a little bit like Roddy McDowell? And they suddenly went, oh, Simon does. So they, they emailed me and rang me and said, do you want to do you want to have a go? We've got this live cast, and um, and it would be quite a lot of stuff to learn. But you know, we'd love to have you do it. And I thought, yeah, that would be that would be a really interesting thing to do. So. Um, <laughs> I said, yes. And about 20 minutes later, they went online and announced that I was going to be um, narrating and doing all the links as Roddy McDowell um, in their next documentary. And then <laughs> social media went absolutely mad. And there was tons of people going, oh, no, I'm not sure who will be able to do that. Let's see what those are big shoes to step in. And suddenly there was all this incredible, incredible pressure on me. Um, thankfully, um, one of your another fellow Welshman came to um, uh, to my rescue, um, Martin Sheen. Yes,
2: well, Martin. Martin. No, no, no,
1: no, Michael. Michael. She Michael, she that, Michael. Michael Sheen. Martin Sheen's yeah, No, Michael Sheen. So I, I contacted him. I don't know him, but I kind of con- and I said, "What? How do you play somebody who was real that people really know? How How do you approach that? What do you do?" And very thankfully, he came back. Very gratefully, he came back and said, um, "You kind of do as much research as you can. You read up as much as you can about them. You watch." and everything and anything you can. So you really immerse yourself in it and then you forget all of it and hopefully that will kind of just go with it. So, So yeah, that's what I did, it was great fun though. But it was kind of a weird one to do because I wasn't playing Roddy McDowell, I wasn't playing Peter Vincent, the normal person as he was in Fright Night. I was playing Peter Vincent as he was when he was playing Peter Vincent Doing his TV. This is probably. I can see you both glazing over. Now. <laughs> no, <it> makes sense. <laughs> so Peter Vincent has this TV persona when he's um, presenting his TV show, yes. and in, right now you see this kind of over-the-top TV presenter that he plays, and then you see him behind the camera, and he's much more of this kind of rather sad actor. But neither those of those are Roddy McDowell. So I was playing. Roddy McDowell playing Peter Vincent, Peter Vincent playing this TV personality. So it was quite complicated. And if any criticism, um, thankfully most people have been very nice about it, but some people have said, oh, it wasn't like Roddy McDowell, and it wasn't like Peter Vincent, but it is like um, I, my version of Roddy McDowell's TV presenter, and very cool and very, 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 um, sure of himself. I am Peter Vincent, vampires. They are. What was great about Roddy was he had this impeccable um, diction. So I was kind of everything was absolutely precise. And it, interesting, learning about Roddy, he uh, um, he was from Wales, too. I don't know if you knew that. He I moved.
2: I know no, 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 British, but no
1: Wales. No. So he moved when he was, I think, nine or ten years old, might have been eleven, to America, to New York with his mother. And within a few, and he while he was there, he got. Um, He he saw some people from L.A. who were trying to find a Welsh kid to be in this film, which I can't how green is your Valley, I think it was. Um, So within months of being in New York, her whole family went over to L.A. He played like the lead kid in this film. The film was hugely successful and that was it. The rest is history. But back in those days, um, there, there was more of a studio system in Hollywood. So they would teach actors how to be on film and how to do the perfect um, diction and what angles looked best, all the stuff we don't really do anymore. But that's why Roddy became such a kind of iconic and and, and great actor. And he was loved. One of the things I found is he was loved by everyone there. Um, Nobody, nobody has a bad word to say about him. He was he was a real gentleman, evidently.
2: I generally see it as a bit of a missed opportunity as well, because I really generally believe, that, like when you play Peter Vincent in the documentary and and the, the resurrection, the resurrection of Dracula sort of thing, um, that to me, like I thought as an opportunity. Like, why is nobody contacting you and and the people making the documentary um, to actually make some episodes or or maybe like do something like a prequel to sort of like you know like to Peter Vincent, like you know about his? Because obviously we see him in the fright night sense, so we see him. A part of the film, but life before—I mean, obviously, I know he wasn't fighting vampires in real life before *Fright Night* um, sort of thing. But I still think there's a story there to be told. I and mean, if you've got someone like yourself who can who can recreate that actor, which you did, in my opinion,
1: then I think it's a missed opportunity. I think. Is it, I mean, did Tom Holland at all comment at all? It it, it did. Um... So I think there was a stage version of the Fright Nights and they, they got in contact with me, not to play it because obviously I couldn't, but just to kind of comment on it. But Tom Holland was, um, he was talking about doing, a, I think a Fright Night 3 and um, they did put me in contact. And I know that he, he was interested in using me to play, to play Peter again, because it was very differently done by um, David Tennant. And, yes, the recent, and the remake, yeah. A different kind of feeling to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yes, Tom Holland took for, for anybody over um, <laughs> 20, not that Tom Holland. No, no. <laughs> no Charles no, plays play. Tom, yeah. you know? play
2: Tom Holland, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so yes, he, he, he is aware of me. Um, I have met Chris Sarandon, so. Wow, that's of, pretty great, great. One of the joys of doing the Hellraiser films and the Nightbreed films is that we get to go to the States a lot and we get to go to conventions and meet some just awesome actors who we're all in awe of. So one meal we went to. And of course, after we finished the the day's work at the convention, we all go out for a meal together. And we went to one meal and there was uh, several of the Jasons and there was um, the four of us and there was... Um, Robert England and were these like horror people, but you know, people are sitting around this table just kind of having a meal and having a drink. You're was living,
2: so- living Chad's dream here. It's all right.
0: I'm <laughs> living. I'm living free inside. don't worry about Chad it. Chad is composed right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sign on
1: the inside. Don't worry. No, it was. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. So yes. So I think. Um, and we were sitting in this big hall, signing stuff and meeting people, and I suddenly realised directly opposite in my eyes, that was Chris Sarandon, so I kind of got my my um, uh, confidence together and went over to introduce myself and tell him, but I don't, I don't know if he really knew I was. <laughs> Chris has had a bigger career than me, so. I, I reckon,
2: like I say, I mean, yeah, it's not, I was trying to Kiss your ass or anything like that, but the, your Peter Vincent you know, recreation, I thought, was fantastic. I really think it's a missed opportunity to not it is do very good. do something with that because it's Fright Night. I mean, we, we, have you heard of the For Love of Horror um, convention in Manchester? Oh, Horror.
1: I think we've been invited a couple of times, we haven't been able to go.
2: Yeah, because we like they've got Fright Night people coming to that because um, you know they've got uh, Evil Ed, yeah, and the Man plays Charlie, like these characters. Like I said, they're very well loved, and I think to we create something Friday night, I think it's important. And like I say, if you're available to do it, they, they should do it. I'm trying to, I'm putting the feelers out there for you, Simon. I Thank want someone you. to watch this because the person who made um, your soul called Brewster, uh, Christopher Griffiths, was that?
1: Is that um...
2: Yeah, and I sort of know Chris. We speak a bit on Twitter. We're hopefully going to get him on the show because, like I say, I think he's a very interesting documentary filmmaker because he's done the Ventia, is it Jose? Leviathan, Leviathan. <laughs> your so-called Brewster, the It documentary, which is due soon, and also um, RoboCop.
1: Yeah. So and, Chris, uh, if you're watching, please get Simon involved. Chris, Chris was the uh, the first um, uh, was the director on the first of the Dark Ditties as well. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'd, I'd love to do it. Um, the, the interesting thing was that from that, so um, the links were all incredibly long pieces of dialogue to a camera um, and they were all, whereas if you're playing a scene as an actor, you'll normally will hang on to dialogue that makes sense that one, one would, you take the flow and the ebbs that you say in everyday speech and you would kind of cling on to the emotional sections of it, which makes it easy to learn. These were all narrations of, so you, you would have a list of, of actors' names or technicians' names and dates and when they did this and the effects so it was all kind of very factual stuff that I had to learn. And they were long, long scenes. It took me ages to learn it. Um, but because they realised I could learn such vast amounts of dialogue, which is why I ended up playing Mrs Wiltshire. Um, so that kind of led that led me to doing the Dark Ditties, which they then went on to do. And that, um, Bruce, they want me to do Mrs Wiltshire because she spends a lot of her time talking to camera and has long, long, long monologues. I think the longest take we did was a 15 minute, scene of literally 15 minutes of her talking to camera uh, which is terrifying as an actor because you get into kind of minute 13 and minute 14 and you think half your brain's going just don't screw this up now please don't screw this up and the other half of your brain is going don't think about that think about what you're doing concentrate on being here now and then the, the other part of your brain's going is, is kind of processing and still acting it's uh yeah scary to do a long take like that
2: When you're doing a long take like that, does it actually feel like 15 minutes? Or because you're sort of so concentrated in the scene, it it flies by and, and, well, well, I'm not too sure if it does, but like, what's your take on that kind of?
1: It's very intense. Um, I spent a year learning Mrs. Wilkshire because there were so many long, long dialogues, uh, monologues. So I I was very prepped for it. I was very ready to do it. Um, No, it it doesn't feel that long, Um, especially as each scene has so many, so many ebbs and flows and 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 shadows and lights and emotional kind of hooks within it. You're you're really just so focused on being in the moment and concentrating on concentrating generally that you don't you're not really aware of it. uh, It was fun. I loved playing Mrs. Wilshire on the last, the last day of shooting, she wasn't in, uh, but she was intensely in all the other ones. And I play a secondary character also, another one right at the end. And the last day of filming her scenes, we all felt like this person had died. It was really it was really upsetting saying goodbye to this woman, because she's she's a very damaged character anyway. And she just she just felt like a real person, even to me, who was playing her. She felt like this that sad, lonely, um, abused woman. And uh, it's very sad to, to let her go. <laughs> Crazy
2: well, in many ways, because I suppose if you're learning like take like a year to sort of get to the dialogue. You've got to sort of spend a lot of time with that character, aren't you? Sort of, you know, you would have obviously become attached.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, my poor old partner um, We I have to put up with me sitting in this room, going through the lines, and she cries quite a bit anyway, so sobbing the bleeding heart out, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but you know, you you have to get to those points to kind of, to know how far you can go and when to pull back. But yeah, it was, it was great. It was really, really good. Uh, and episode five, I got to cry a lot as well in the last one. So that was quite. <laughs> I think we'll quite... have to get the, uh,
0: the link from Amazon and maybe post yeah, it in, in yeah. our bio. Know, so people just check it out because I know it's been on my watch list for ages, but uh, obviously I'm a dad and the business owner. So that always comes up. i they're definitely going to have to watch them soon because
1: they do sound fantastic. Yeah, they're good, they're fun. And then, um, and, and then more recently, I've been so last year. Do you want me to go on for um you keep going as long as you want? Bug. I'll just have some more of my non-alcoholic bitter.
2: Mm. Oh, punk as fuck. Brewdog. Am yeah. I going to have done
0: a, um, a, yeah, an advert? Well, we need to take it now. An yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, there you go. I know who we're talking in this video. Yeah, Brewdog.
1: Oh, <laughs> right, well, um, have a few here soon. <laughs> This uh, this is dry January when we're filming. It's just to accept uh, explain. There's always something about non-alcoholic lager and beer that is tastes good to start with, and then there's just something missing, isn't there?
2: I know something that I do uh, something I've noticed. Um, someone I know drinks non-alcoholic beer, and what I always notice is it smells like weed. So there's Desperados, the beer I always find. You yeah, always yeah. Right? I don't know whether they're making that and the smoking that <laughs> during the uh, production. Oh, chopping it in.
0: Yeah. Call it a freebie in the business. We're all people
2: getting drunk. <laughs> we're really going get high. Get less lit, they say Did you say lit? That's what the young ones say, <laughs> lit. Lit. <laughs> we'll not that podcast. Or Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Americans say
1: it. <laughs> uh, Hashtag lit. They're putting hemp into anything, everything these days. Well, So while we're on drugs... <laughs> just what not literally <laughs> quick story <laughs> no not literally not anymore but a quick story from the past um when i was hmm, 19 so and clive wasn't famous he was like he, we were doing this fringe theater company um he was like 22 23 and um he was just writing the books of blood but they hadn't been published so he was completely unknown and he'd written the first few but he wasn't very happy on the titles for them so um so he threw a party and i i went to this party and i, I took along my famous brownies
2: ah <laughs> famous indeed
1: and uh, and uh He so I took them and left them on the table and the party started and I went back and they're all gone I went "Clive, where's all the brownies gone and he's got a really sweet tooth and he'd eaten all the brownies oh god um he he actually uh he he went to bed that night and he woke up and he had all the titles for all the books of blood and he he credits me with um with that and there's there's a famous um comic con interview that's that's on YouTube of him with I oh, can never remember the actor's name. He was in oh I can't remember his name. Very 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 famous actor. And Clive's telling this story about Cy and his his famous brownies and uh, and how uh, Bradley Walsh no Bradley Cooper.
2: Oh yeah, Midnight meet, Midnight Beach Train. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's Clive and Bradley, Bradley Cooper chatting away, talking about me and my famous uh, brownies, and Clive saying. Um, at Comic Con, that um, he credits me with the with the titles for all of the books of Blood series one, because of my yes. So that's my story about brownies.
2: Could you and- imagine though if he if he had some of your brownies in <laughs> the next day like he I don't know a month later he said oh, I'll just written a a Nightbreed. Yeah. You'll be like, uh, can I have? Uh, yes, I'll uh, forget saying thank you.
0: Where's the money? Yeah, <laughs> don't pay me in brownies. I know brownies sound pretty good, don't they? Well, but people are creating magic on the brownies. I feel like this is what we need. If you send
2: us some brownies. We might try some, but we'll see where it goes on the yes. podcast live. Oh, that'll be fun! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very related podcast. Ah, uh,
1: no, yeah. <sighs> Just to go back, I was going to talk about what I'd done last year. Yes, hug myself. So last year was a busy year. Um, considering we were in COVID, I had—I was counting. I think it's five films. Of, of various standards, um, two of which I filmed. I did do it over Zoom call, which is kind of a weird way to do a film. Um, one to LA, a, a company in LA were doing a film called Thirteen Ghosts. I think it's called Thirteen oh, Ghosts. I can't remember. Fourteen Ghosts.
0: I think it says on your Ghosts, Sorry, I don't mean I to say how your
1: career went. Uh,
2: Charger
1: agent. I'm glad you've done some research because I haven't. Yeah, so I played this, um, they wanted, everything else was filmed in LA, but they wanted this English um, owner of a, um, uh, an art gallery and whose gallery was being infested by ghosts. So uh, pieces of art were coming to life. Things were flying around. Um, statues were beginning to kind of morph into other things. So um, they wanted to, but and this art gallery, uh, this owner of the art gallery was contacting them via a Zoom call to ask for help. Hence, why I could do it on a Zoom call. So, I, I had um, people around me kind of throwing things at me and moving lights and swinging them around. And it came out all right, actually. Yeah. What did it looked like on the film, I've no idea. And then I did another one by Zoom last year, which was um, uh, the first science fiction film I've done. Uh, the tagline was Look Up, and it was called Skyquake. Skyquake, which I didn't know was a real thing. Have you heard of skyquake? I've never heard of it, I don't know. it's a real thing, and it's these noises that are coming out of the sky that sound almost like mechanical noises. And if you look on YouTube, um, Benji, no, sorry, it's my dog. (laughs) No, um, sorry. I brought him a toy basket, he's got so many toys that it's Wicker and now he's taken all the toys out, he's eaten the basket.
2: Bring Benji in if you must, it's fine. Come
1: here. Oh, our
2: dogs. Yeah, <laughs> dog lovers, beware, we now are dog friendly, we always were. Yeah,
0: Benji.
2: Ah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, look at him. Uh,
1: Benji, this is Benji. Benji, look, 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 look
2: uh, uh, he's, he's like, lover. he's like, oh, my first, po- is, this, is this his first podcast? <laughs>
1: No, I think it's his third now, actually. Oh, yeah. really? All right. Oh, we, we have the exclusive.
2: We, we want the exclusive, man.
1: <laughs> Sign the contracts. He's saying, oh, you're doing that strange thing where you're talking to yourself and you're picking me up again, are oh, you? Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Are you doing uh, SkyQuake too, Dad? Yeah. Don't eat the basket. Good
1: point. Oh, never had a dog on the show
2: before. No, this is <laughs>
1: there's a lot of
2: exclusive firsts yeah. this, in, this, in this podcast. It really is. And so
1: it's SkyQuake. Yeah was this, it starts with his father talking to camera um, and ends with his fa- father talking to camera about his daughter who's gone missing. And it's, um, the premise for my scenes were um, that um, a, a film crew had come to my house to interview me about my missing daughter and about these skyquakes that were, were happening. And what I was saying before Benji at the basket was, um, if you go on YouTube and put in skyquake, there are all these videos of skyquakes, which, um, I didn't know when I accepted it. I, I thought it was a, a fictional premise, but it's not. So um, yes, and then I think it's filming in Hungary, but my bits were done in just outside Stamford in Lincolnshire. And um, so yes, so that's that one. Uh, then I did uh, an anthology film called Mosaic, where I play my first cop ever, shaved my head for the second time in my career, shaved my head. And um, it's an anthology and there are lots of different mini stories and then this cop is trying to work out how they all interlink because they seem completely different. But there is something that links them together and he's trying to work out how it can all work and what's, what what the hell's going on with, with the uh, with the help of his stop it, stop eating now the dog's eating Mrs. Wilkshire. Leave her alone. That's <laughs> <laughs> an episode of Dog it, is.
0: that is, yeah, yeah. So you know, need some royalties for that. Yeah,
2: the extras. <laughs> Director's cut content. Oh.
1: Leave the old lady alone. There you go, good boy, good boy. Um, so, uh, So yes, that's called Mosaic. That should come out this year, 2022. Um, and what else did I do? Oh, oh uh, so the Stained, which um, hopefully we will get to film this year. I don't know if it'll come out this year or next year. Um, and Dad has just come out. So there was, oh, George, terrible, terrible and you can't remember what you've done. There were two others as well, but I can't remember what they are. Ha! Are any of the ones that
2: you filmed um, during, over the last year, have they, they been released
1: yet? Um, uh, no. In fact, Dad was filmed two years ago. So that's taken two years to come out because of COVID, um, which was very frustrating because um, because it's kind of zombie apocalypse, which is created by this pandemic which happens, we were like screaming, oh, we've got to get this film finished, um, because it's so topical, not knowing two years ago when it was starting that we'd still be in it two years later, so there was no real rush, but I watched it with my parents for the first time a couple of days ago, and they were saying, gosh, it's really topical, it's all about this pandemic that's happening, and I'm yeah, I said, thankfully it is still topical, um, so yeah, so yeah. Well, right. that, that brings us to the end of our
0: podcast. Sadly, very sadly, because you want a very hilarious man that I could speak to for a long time. Um, we we'll come to the end. I think, yeah, like I said, yeah.
2: I think we certainly have probably many subjects we yep. could probably talk about. So hopefully, you never know. Again, we could get you back on. That'd be pretty
0: cool. Yeah, part two. Part two. More KY Jelly, more Benji, more uh, Skyquakes, you name it. We'll get yeah, nipples, more nipples, yeah i brownies. i
1: brownies, yeah. And Benji's ass. i Benji's <laughs> arse. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, thank you so
1: much for coming on, Simon.
0: It's been an absolute
1: pleasure. Thank you so um, much. yeah, hopefully we will speak soon. You are, you're very welcome. I'll, I'll stop the caffeine until the next um I'll go caffeine free again until the next Oh definitely, time. definitely
0: yeah, you give me the light. Okay. <laughs> thank Here you, Simon. Simon. Cheers. Wow, so from KY Jelly, from Nipples, to, yeah, to Brownies with Clive Barker. That was an amazing podcast. I very, very much enjoyed that. Uh, Big thank you to Simon Bamford. I'm just going to say check out everything he does but obviously go on his IMDB check out his films check out Dark Diddy's, like Diddy's. Dark Diddy's yes, on you say it. Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime. We'll, uh, we'll link it at the bottom possibly yes, a
2: yeah. 99p an episode apparently hopefully maybe 3, 3, 349 4. for an entire series yeah. which is incredible
0: obviously check out Hellraiser because yeah. they're, they're classic check out Nightbreed he was in Book of Blood he was also which I didn't mention to because I completely forgot but he was in Quadrophenia yes Quadrophenia. he was Bristol yeah. Bristol nightclub dancer I do believe uh, and if look you look out for Skyquake as well. Yeah, uh, and thanks, guys. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you all next time.